Last Sunday afternoon, a week ago, I got off a plane at Heathrow Airport in London, rode a couple of hours on a bus southeast, and saw the Canterbury Cathedral for the first time. Built in stages and destroyed in stages, and then rebuilt again, beginning in as early as 597, Canterbury is a massive soaring monument to humankind's love of God. It is beautiful. It is inspiring. My first exploration of the cathedral was alone and unguided. I dumped my bags in my hotel room and I took off. I wandered around for over an hour looking in at the nooks and the crannies, the memorials and the statuary. I stood where Christians have stood for centuries, asking for thanksgiving, being baptized, praying for healing, mourning loved ones. I ran my hand over the smooth dent and the stone in front of Thomas Beckett's shrine, where knees of hundreds of thousands of pilgrims have bent. It was a powerful experience just to be there. I had this intense feeling of homecoming. I began to understand in an intimate way how we all stand on the shoulders of the giants who built this church. The All Saints adult pilgrims in England last week heard so many traditions and histories and themes on our adventures. These stories we heard were sometimes brutal, like when Henry VIII dissolved hundreds of monasteries around England in order to take control of their wealth, or when Puritan reform swept through the country and destroyed so much of the art and the stained glass that adorned churches and cathedrals. Sometimes the stories we heard were beautiful, like the pilgrim movement that rose up almost immediately in the wake of Thomas Beckett's death, or like the steadfastness of the Canterbury Firewatch during World War II, whose great faith led them to acts of great heroicism that saved that beautiful church during the German Boddicker bombings. In our reading from the Old Testament this morning, we pick back up with the adventures of Jacob. He has gathered up his family and is heading out to meet his estranged twin brother, Esau. Jacob and Esau have a difficult history, and Jacob has no idea how Esau will greet him with an open arm or with a sword. His future is uncertain, just as his past has been a bit checkered. You may remember that Jacob bought Esau's birthright in exchange for a bowl of soup and then later on tricked his own blind and dying father into giving Jacob his blessing. Jacob is no stranger to tricky situations. And this morning he has gotten himself into yet another one. Today, though, instead of getting difficult situations with his family, Jacob is wrestling with God. He struggles. He strives to get the blessing from God that he needs to continue his journey. 
In the course of the match, we are told he gets his hip popped out of joint. He walks with a limp after that, but he gets that blessing. We wrestle too, don't we? For 1,400 years, our church has wrestled with God, and we should wrestle. We have been here as an Anglican body since Augustine landed on the shores near Canterbury before 600. But that pedigree, those many generations of history, those pilgrims and bishops and missionaries, do not give us permission to believe that we can avoid wrestling. Wrestling with God, with culture, with who we are, with who we should be. Our ancestors, like Jacob, did not come out of their wrestling and meaning-making unscathed. You can see the physical marks of these trials all over our sacred buildings. Smashed statues in Westminster Abbey. Burn marks from incendiary bombs on the floor of Lambeth Palace. There are scars as well in our community. Scars that are centuries old. Wounds that fester when we think we are misunderstood by fellow Christians. Wounds that we open when we forget to do what is right in favor of what is convenient. Wrestling, as Jacob can tell you, is hard work. It's painful. It is our legacy to wrestle and to thank God for those who have wrestled before us. We wrestle with God to learn and be formed, to mourn, to figure out our world. We wrestle to be closer to God, to be named, to be blessed. We do not believe in a God of easy answers or a God of simple lessons. We believe in a God that chose to come and be part of this struggle. A God who chose to walk with us and wrestle with us. We see that in the story of Jacob. We celebrated baptisms this morning. Our service of baptism hasn't changed much in a thousand years. Some of the trappings are a little different. Some of the words have shifted here and there. But the core remains. By water and the Holy Spirit, we are adopted into the body of Christ. We promise to strive and to love and to wrestle. This morning we promised to do these things on behalf of the children who were not yet able to do it themselves. We renewed our own promises to strive and to struggle and to do justice. It is our job to teach these children how to love each other, to answer their questions as best and as honestly as we can to show them how to pray. And it is our job to help them wrestle. We can't do it for them, but we can surround them. A great cloud of witnesses we are as they wrestle with God through their own losses, their frustrations, their confusion, their sorrow. This is not the job of only parents and godparents. This is the job of the community, the community of faith, the body of Christ. 
Attendance trends all over the world are telling us that the future of mainline churches is unclear. We can no longer rely on the fact that we've been here for centuries to ensure that we will continue to be. The church our ancestors created at Canterbury is something worth saving, my friends. It is worth wrestling for. But we have to work at it. We have to invest in it. We have to show up. We have to encourage our friends to show up, to be part of this good, good thing we have in community together. This good, good thing we have with God. We have to bring our children. We have to help them understand that they too stand on the shoulders of giants, reaching up to a God who is always, always reaching back. Amen.